are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes, Monday through Friday, approximately 15 to 20 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about the Giants selecting Dedniel Nunez, a right-handed pitcher, with the 14th selection in the Rule 5 draft that took place earlier today. So we'll discuss scouting reports on Nunez, talk about what it means that he was taken in the Rule 5 draft, and we'll also talk about the results of Mike Yastrzemski being a finalist for the All-MLB team. The results were announced yesterday. Before we get into it, a little bit about me. I've been a contributor for the baseball analysis sites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs, which is part of Fangraphs. I started a Giants podcast called Covecast in 2015 and then began hosting this show, prior to the 2019 season. And today is actually episode number 400 for us. So thank you so much to everyone who's supported this show, whether you've been here all along or if this is your very first time. Thank you. But the news of the day is certainly the Rule 5 draft. There was a minor league portion of the Rule 5 draft also, and the Giants were very busy, but we're going to focus today on the major league portion. If you've been following this show for the duration of the offseason, we've talked about all the steps that needed to be taken to prepare for today. The Giants had several players who were eligible to be taken in this Rule 5 draft, but they had the opportunity to protect them. And so they did. They added several guys, Alexander Canario, Camilo Duvall, Kervin Castro, and Gregory Santos. All of those players were added to the Giants' 40-man roster to prevent them from being selected today by other teams. So nobody from the Giants' organization was selected in the Major League portion, but that has everything to do with the Giants protecting the players that they were worried teams might take from them. Inevitably, some guys go unprotected. Giants picked 14th. It was based on how they finished last year. And they selected right-handed pitcher Daniel Nunez from the New York Mets organization. Nunez has never pitched above A ball. He spent 2019 in low A and high A. He's been a starting pitcher, relief pitcher a little bit. But in his most recent experience in high A, he made 12 starts, 57 and two-thirds innings. A 4.53 ERA, but peripherals that were much better than that because... He's got a pretty solid strikeout rate there, and he was able to prevent home runs as well, and it looks like his command was decent too. The scouting report on Nunez per Baseball America first, we'll look at some other sources too, but Baseball America says, quote, Dednail Nunez popped on the radar in 2019 when he climbed to high class A as a 23-year-old after spending the previous two seasons in rookie ball. He was sitting 95 miles per hour at Instructional League this year with pitch characteristics teams desire, including elite spin rate and riding life. His fastball command is at least average, but he lacks a consistent breaking pitch. Nunez might be able to survive in the majors as a low-leverage reliever on velocity and fastball command alone. 
So that's the thing. I mean, the players selected in this Rule 5 draft are not, we're not talking about all-stars. We're not talking about MVPs. We're looking at guys who are fringe roster candidates. And just to be clear, for anyone who doesn't know the way this works, is that Dednail Nunez and anyone else taken in the Major League portion of the Rule 5 draft is now added to the 40-man roster of the team that selected the player. And that player must be on the team's Major League roster all season long in the upcoming year. Otherwise, they have to offer them back to their original team. So under Farhan Zaidi, the Giants have been active in the Major League portion of the Rule 5 draft. They selected Drew Ferguson and Travis Bergen in Farhan Zaidi's first year in the in December 2019. Ferguson didn't make it through spring training, and Bergen did make the Giants Major League roster, and he pitched quite a bit in relief for the Giants in 2019. So I guess I'm realizing he was selected in December 2018, not 2019. So Bergen was on the Giants Major League roster a little bit in 2019, but he ended up being inconsistent and then got injured, and they offered him back to the Blue Jays. Interesting note about Bergen, though, is that he was actually the guy the Diamondbacks acquired in the trade for that sent Robbie Ray to the Toronto Blue Jays this trade deadline. So we'll see Bergen. He's now in the Arizona Diamondbacks organization. So that's interesting. And then last year, in, the, in December 2019, the Giants selected Danny Jimenez, who did make the opening day roster this year in 2020. I think he made like one or two appearances, had good stuff, but was really inconsistent with command, and they immediately offered him back to the Blue Jays. So anyway, that's just a little history here. But so Dednail Nunez, chances are he's not going to stick. They're, they'll eventually likely offer him back. But you take the chance because, I don't know, I guess, you know, it's like a free player with years of control and you, you you believe he has a chance to stick on your roster. It is not technically a free player. I think you have to pay $100,000. And when you offer them back, the, the team taking them back has to pay you $50,000 to take them back. So there is some cash involved. But anyway, Nunez has been a starter in the minors, but he will certainly be a relief pitcher candidate for the San Francisco Giants now. And I'm just going to read a little bit more from Baseball America's write-up of Nunez, who is ranked the the Mets' 21st best prospect by Baseball America for 2020. Nunez was ranked the 17th best prospect in the Mets organization by MLB Pipeline. Baseball America says, Nunez signed at the age of 20 in October 2016 and spent two seasons in rookie ball before becoming more of a known commodity in 2019 when he pitched at two Class A levels. He didn't take the mound after July 11th because of a right shoulder injury. But when healthy, he showed swing and miss stuff with 10.6 strikeouts per nine innings against just 2.6 walks per nine. Nunez stands out most for his fastball, which he throws 92 to 96, with an elite spin rate in excess of 2,600 revolutions per minute. The pitch averages 93 miles an hour and has natural cutting action that makes it difficult for opponents to square up. Nunez's slurvy breaking ball averages about 80 miles an hour and grades as an average pitch. He shows some feel for a changeup that grades near average. While Nunez throws three pitches at or near average, he lacks a true out pitch, which puts his upside potential in doubt. 
His ability to execute pitches effectively is also hampered by a wrist wrap and wandering release point. So Giants GM Scott Harris spoke to reporters today and he said that Nunez was on their radar as a strike thrower before he flashed better stuff in instructional league play that took place just a couple months ago. He said, quote, the velocity spike and some of the other qualities we saw on video in instructs are what clinched it for us. They also said he was up to 97 miles an hour in instructs. So that's basically that. I could see the Giants, they're talking about his fastball characteristics. I could see them just encouraging him to throw high fastballs consistently and hope, and they'll hope that he sticks on the Major League roster as a right-handed reliever. So that's that. The Rule 5 draft gets a lot of hype, but it ultimately doesn't often lead to much. But there's always a chance that he could be a piece moving forward for the San Francisco Giants. Coming up next, I do want to talk about Mike Yastrzemski and this all-MLB team. What were the results? Do I think they were the right results? We'll talk all about it next, but first... All right, as promised here in the second half of the show, I want to talk about the all-MLB team results. This is something we did on the air. We actually voted for the all-MLB team live on the air. Giants had three nominees, and so it was an honor just to make it as a nominee. Brandon Belt was a nominee at first base, Donovan Solano at second base, and Mike Yastrzemski in the outfield. I probably voted for all three live on the air. I think maybe not actually, but regardless, Belt and Solano did not make it as finalists. Not really surprising, especially for Solano. I think Belt should have probably possibly made it as a finalist without looking too closely. He just had a monster year. There were definitely some first basemen who were better, but Belt was up there. So the one Giants finalist was Mike Yastrzemski in the outfield. So there were to be three winners as all MLB outfielders among the 10 finalists. And then for every position, there's also a second team all MLB. And so three more outfielders were to be selected as second team all MLB. So four of the 10 finalists were going to miss out on being first or second team all MLB outfielders. And the fact is, I thought Mike Yastrzemski had a pretty darn good shot at being one of the first team all MLB outfielders. Just glancing over Fangraph's wins above replacement for the 2020 season, for outfielders, number one was Mookie Betts at 3.0. Number two was Mike Yastrzemski at 2.7. Mike Trout was third at 2.6. Marcelo Zuna, who was he spent a lot of time as a DH, was fourth at 2.5. Juan Soto fifth at 2.4, tied with Ronald Acuna Jr. So we could go on and on. But the fact is, Mike Yastrzemski did not end up being a first-team All-MLB winner. Those honors went to Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, and Juan Soto. So... I mean, when we're talking about the difference between 0.3 wins above replacement, that's what separated Juan Soto from Mike Yastrzemski here. It's, you know, it's hard to argue that that something like wins above replacement is that precise. It is not a precise measurement. It's kind of an estimate of value. So I'm not going to complain too much about it. I mean, looking at Juan Soto, if we're talking about just offense alone, it's 
pretty obvious. Mike uh, Juan Soto may have been the very best offensive player in MLB this season. He hit just a ridiculous 351 with a 490 on base percentage and 695 slugging. That was a 200 weighted runs created plus, meaning 100% better than the league average offensive production. But the reason Yastrzemski had an edge, according to Fangraphs, you know, he had lesser offense, but still really good offense, but much better defense and positive base running as well. Mike Trout was just a tick behind Mike Yastrzemski. The offense was comparable. That's how good Mike Yastrzemski was this year. He hit just as well as Mike Trout. And Yastrzemski arguably was the better defensive contributor and a comparable base runner. So Yastrzemski did get snubbed a little bit here. The fact is this all MLB team is 50% voted on by fans and 50% by a panel of experts, whoever the heck that is. But, you know, in all honesty, he he did get snubbed. If I was a voter for this, I would have put Yastrzemski in there. I would have had a hard time leaving out Trout or Soto, but I think Yastrzemski deserved to be in there after he hit 297 with a 400 on base, 568 slugging, 160 weighted runs created plus, really good defensive value, and a, a positive base runner as well. But Drum roll, please. I mean, I'm saving, I'm burying the lead here. Yastrzemski was named to the second team all MLB outfield. So he was officially, you know, recognized as a top six outfielder in MLB this season. The other all MLB second team winners were Ronald Acuna Jr. and Michael Conforto. So it's quite a list to be on for Yastrzemski, who ended up finishing eighth in NL MVP voting. So really, it's hard for me to say the guy who finished eighth in NL MVP voting isn't a top three outfielder in MLB, at least, you know, this season. So yes, I feel like he got snubbed, but still, he was honored as a second team all MLB outfielder, and that's a really cool development for a guy who was just wondering if he would ever get an opportunity to make the major leagues after six seasons in the Baltimore Orioles minor league system considered, you know, retiring, hanging up his cleats. Farhan Zaidi comes calling, acquires Yastrzemski in a trade, gives him an opportunity, and he has taken full advantage. He is the Giants' answer to Max Muncy in L.A. Overwhelming success story, arguably the leader of the Giants right now. So just a really cool story and just one more accolade for Yastrzemski to wrap up his phenomenal 2020. Really a shame he didn't get a chance to be an all-star this year. He would have been an all-star undoubtedly. But congratulations to him and congratulations to all the winners and again to Belt and Solano for being nominees at their respective positions. All right, that is all the time we have for today. Be sure to come back tomorrow. We're going to do a Giants mailbag. So look out on Twitter for the prompt. You can follow me there at Ben Kaspic. That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review in the Apple Podcast Store. Thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. And until then, we'll see you next time.